Hey all, this is the Flip-Flop Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Thrapp, an entrepreneur who turned my love of travel into a career. Travel is not just a hobby, it's a way of life. Making it happen can be tough. I'm here to offer practical advice to make travel more achievable. This isn't just about my journey, it's about inspiring you to pursue adventure and explore the world on your terms. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We're talking about travel with our favorite travel person, Miss Leah Thrapp. Hello, Leah. How are you, adventurer? I am great. How are you, Marla? Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. I mean, we've had a lot going on the past few months, and we have got a really cool guest with us today. Hello, Ebony. Hello. How are you? So well. So tell us a little bit about Ebony, Miss Leah. Okay. So Ebony and I met years ago, actually through um, work at my nonprofit that I help run. And we had kids stuff in common. We just kind of kept in touch over the years. And I knew her her husband was from Tanzania. A couple of years ago, they took this epic trip and everyone was like, what is she doing? She was on Facebook and she was all over Africa and everybody with her kids and her cousins. And we we're like, what's happening? And so then she came back and I saw her in one of our common travel with kids Facebook groups talking about helping people plan trips to Tanzania. And I was like, um, excuse me, I need a meeting with you ASAP. So we got together and chatted and I was super excited to hear what she and her husband are doing now. And um, it was a perfect opportunity for us to collaborate with our businesses. So we have planned some epic things for the next couple of years that we're really excited to share with everyone. That is fantastic. Well, I got the pleasure of meeting Ebony this morning before our show started. And she is lovely. I feel like I've known her for years. Just so fun. And Leah, Ebony, Tell me about what you're going to be doing this next year. Okay, so if you know about flip-flops and adventures, you know I love to curate dream trips that you can check off your bucket list with the people that you love. And actually, Tanzania and Zanzibar has been number one on mine and the Bearded Adventurers bucket list for as long as I can remember. I think, honestly, since before we got married, that was our dream trip. And we kind of kept waiting because we're like, oh, we'll wait till our kids are old enough to remember. But last year, I just told him, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. I think we just have to go to Africa twice. Like, let's just do it. And then we'll do it again when the kids are older. Then when I would start researching it, I would always end up needing to stay six months. I would get super overwhelmed because there's so much amazing stuff to see. It's it's a continent. You know, people say, oh, you're going to Africa, but you're going to a country in Africa and you have yes. to pick and narrow down. And there's so many different things, different places to see. And so I would start researching and think, well, now I have to go to the Ngorongoro Crater and see the Great Migration. And then after that, I need to go gorilla trekking in Rwanda. And then I need to go to Giraffe Manor in Kenya. And I was just all over the place. So it was super helpful to get to talk with Ebony. And they began their specialty in Tanzania since that's where her husband is from. Mm-hmm. And they're offering these amazing experiences. And so we're going to start by my family going next month. We're going to be there for about 18 days. And we're just doing all the things that we can possibly yes. <laughs> do. We're just doing all of them. So, Well, you know, we're talking about all of this. We should just really ask Ebony. Ebony, tell us how you got into this. How did you become the travel adventurer that you are today? That is a somewhat sordid question, (laughs) but I will try to answer it to the best of my ability because it really was an evolution. It wasn't something that I was necessarily working towards or something that I had pinpointed as, okay, this is what I'm going to do at this time. One of the things that Leah and I have always had in common, um, we have a love for travel and we also have a deep passion to expose our children to other cultures, other places and other things. So in doing that, we took an epic vacation 
2019, right before, you know, the big pandemic hit. And we went to seven different countries. Normally what we do is on our way to Tanzania, because you can go to so many different stopovers or layovers on the way there, we turned that into a way to see a different country. But when I was doing it, this was the first time I really documented it on social media, even though I did not have like a platform or a brand at the time. It was the first time that I said, "Okay, I'm going to document this. And that then turned to a lot of interest, more so than I was really expecting or anticipating. I knew people have questions, but it had kind of started to evolve where even before that trip, when we were traveling internationally, people would ask us questions or ask me questions about, oh, how did you do this? And, you know, could you help me with our family vacation? And we did it unofficially for a little while. But that trip in particular really catapulted a change in my thinking and turning it into something actually professional because I already had a passion for it. I loved it. I loved experiencing new things, not only with my family, but seeing it through the eyes of other families. I was a stay-at-home mom for 13 years. I still could basically consider myself one because I work from home. But through being at home, I always said one day, you know, I'm not just going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to do something. I just didn't know what that something was. For this to turn into my travel, to turn into my actual career, my job, my passion, I don't really consider it a job. It's just something that I love to do was just amazing. Leah comes into play because <laughs> when I was sharing this and people were asking me questions and it was kind of turning into something more official, even though I didn't know at the time. She is what really kind of got the train going before I knew it was going to start moving because <laughs> Leo was <laughs> kind of like, wait a second, hold up. <laughs> and I actually was just putting fillers out there. I took a page out of Leah's book, which I didn't know at the time. But once I started talking to her about how she really navigated her business and I would want to kind of pick her ear and say, hey, can I ask you these questions? Because we already had a personal rapport with each other and I trusted her. I knew that she would, you know, give me some really genuine answers. When I was asking her, I didn't realize that she was also like, like the train was starting and I was just like, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. I was just, you know, we're catch up. Yeah, I got to catch up here. We're, we're ready, but I don't know if we're that ready. But it, then from there, it just really, I call it the evolution of Ebony outside of just the growing of my business. That is so fantastic. Your energy is intoxicating. It, it sounds like the two of you have so much synergistic energy. Yeah, for and sure. Yeah. So you're, you're planning some trips together, correct? Yeah, so we began the ball rolling last year, and we were kind of waiting for things to settle down with travel and COVID, and we had a lot of things going all at once, and we were like, okay, <laughs> let's narrow down. Here's where it's going to start, and the way it's going to start is I need to go to Africa. I need to experience these things for myself and for my followers because I don't ever book a trip or a tour that I haven't experienced myself. Let's plan the things that we need people to see and we need people to be able to understand and for me to be able to communicate my firsthand experience with mm -hmm. my children going on a safari in Africa. Let's get let's get that first. So we yes. have just been perfecting it. Like, what are the things that we need everybody to see and experience and taste and feel, you know, along the way? So we said we're going to start there. We planned a trip and then we just keep adding to it. Even as recently as <laughs> yes. last week, um, Ebony was trying to help me make it a little less expensive and a little less long. And so she said, here's another couple of options. And I called her back and I said, well, unfortunately, that plan backfired on us because instead <laughs> of me cutting off any days or prices, now I just need you to add your other suggestion onto what I already had. So so instead of a nine day trip where we went to safari for four or five days and the beach in Zanzibar for four or five days, 
Now we're going to go to about nine or ten days of safari in Tanzania and then about nine days in Zanzibar and also two days in Kenya because once you presented me the option of um, bottle feeding a baby elephant at an orphanage, I could no longer take that back. There was no going back after that. There was no going back. So I was like, well, I just need you to to add that to the beginning of my trip now. So we're doing all of it. I think that just sounds so amazing. And, you know, as somebody who's also wanted to go to Africa my entire life, you talk about these experiences and how could you put them into one trip? How do you do all of that, ladies? So one thing that makes Lee and I very much like-minded is that we want to keep the authenticity of the country together. And one of my main things is breaking down stereotypes of the continent in general, but specifically Tanzania and East Africa. And it helps when you're working with someone that has clients where they're going to a place they wouldn't normally think to go, but they're so comfortable going because they trust the people that are putting it together for them. Yeah, for sure. And that's Absolutely. a big part of it. And Leah has a base of clients and I call them friends, we're travel mm-hmm. friends, really, and family that really not only trust her, but know she is going to make sure that they have some really epic and amazing experiences. And that's also my passion is that, you know, I want people to come to Africa, not only see that it's such a beautiful, special, unique place to visit, but also to understand the culture, the history, and the fact that you can come from the West, still have all those great amenities, uh, which Lee and I talk about in depth. We yes. were just talking about spas at <laughs> where one of the places was. I don't want to give away too much, but yes. we were just talking about some of her spa treatments and one of the places she's going to. And believe it or not, people sometimes don't think that's a possibility on the continent. Right. And it very Why? much is. Well, you just hear these stories yeah. growing up in America about how yeah about Africa, Africa. Africa is so poor yes and the you know, image is you know kids yeah. with big bellies and flies swarm around right. them and I'm very very open and honest about that I've heard it all and that's one of the things that makes me so passionate because not only is it my children's culture and heritage it's you know my ancestry but then I have I'm you know very much American so I have we have both cultures going there so I understand the American perspective and it's not offensive I understand where it's coming from because I myself was taught those same images right you know the media is so bad sometimes yes. oh yeah but Africa has a more negative image than most other continents Absolutely. and countries and as Leah experienced it's one of those places that I also can you can fault some of the African governments as well as far as marketing themselves and dispelling that. They haven't really put a lot into that per se. It's getting better to kind of dispel some of those stereotypes. But it's still one of those contents when you try to even research to do something, it's very difficult to get the correct information and get a straight answer. And then it's hard to figure it's so much. The content is so huge. And it's so much. It's like, where do I even start? When there's a lot of travel providers who offer Africa who are just trying to make money. Mm -hmm. They don't have the concern of the authenticity or the good experience or any of those things. And so they'll just be like, sure, I'll fly you all over the continent. You can go to Kenya for one day and Tanzania for two countries is fine. South Africa, it'll be fine. And it's like, okay, yeah, you could. But are you going to experience anything? Are you going to have a good experience? It's not very immersive if you do that it's not but it's also very um misleading because i've had you know plenty of people of course that have already been once they find out what i do and they're like oh i went there in 2015 or i went there in 2004 but they went unfortunately under the guise that they were getting a genuine authentic experience but they really were getting like the you know media version or the Africa light. Yeah, the Africa light. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it, but just that's not the culture. You know, it just they got whatever would get them to pay for the package. And that's not really what I, you know, co-signed to. I mean, my husband is African. You know, my children are half Tanzanian. So 
if I'm going to bring people to Africa, yes, you're going to have the amenities that you need to be comfortable in order to really take in the true, like genuine part of the culture and understand that, for example, in Zanzibar, you have there's a lot of fake like Maasai, for example, that walk around. They just want to make money. Right. And, you know, I'm I'm going to let you. That's not a real Maasai. Like, that's not it. You know, they will tell you they are because they need money. <laughs> but that is not a Maasai. They don't live on the beach of Zanzibar. Okay. <laughs> like, it's just, no, it's not happening. Now, they're, they're starting to get more groups there just for the tourism. But, you know, you need to know the difference. So I compare it to like going to Paris and seeing a fake Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa and a real one. And it's, that's the difference for me. Yeah. And I just think it's if you're going to fly all the way over there and spend all of that money, it's, you know, pro- yes. for most people, a once in a lifetime trip. I think that you need to really feel like you experienced it and not that you just ran through it or sped through it or, you know, any of those things like Marla yeah. said, it's not immersive. And so, yes, it's, it was super important to me. Um, and it's honestly an ongoing issue in my um, travel planning is to find a partner who wants to help me create those experiences because a lot of travel companies that cater to Americans Mm -hmm. expect us to want to just run through everything and hit the highlights, get the Instagram reel, you know, just take a picture by the Tower of Pisa and then run on to the next thing and take a picture and not actually learn anything or experience anything, which is just is fine if you want to take a trip like that, but that's not what I'm about. So that's not a vacation. No, it's not a vacation and it's not an experience. Like, I just want you to... My whole thing is like to take the time. And if you see something interesting, you have time to just stop yes. and savor it, soak it in, do whatever you need to do to feel like you don't regret it. You think like, oh, I saw something really cool happening. I wish I could have. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want you to walk away from any of my tours feeling like I wish I could have done it. I yes. wish I was able to have that experience or enjoy that experience. And so I'm constantly struggling with trying to explain that to the providers who see that I'm coming at it as an American. And they're like, oh, well, obviously you want to run around like a crazy person and start at seven in the morning right. to 11 at night. And you're just going to run around and check off all the bucket list things really quickly. And so I feel that if you're going to go somewhere... And you don't know if you might ever get to go back that you should really cover that place really Mm -hmm. well so that if you don't ever go back, you'll feel like you saw it and you did it. And unfortunately, tourism has become like a machine, you know, where it is a lucrative industry. I mean, you know, we're going to be complete transparent. It just it is. So people have found a way that you can really make a lot of money with just a standard package and making it shiny and pretty. And then people, you know, come and cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's more than just the aspect of turning it into a company. It's also I want clients to book with me or anyone that I work with or partner with that you walk away having learned something, but learned it organically. So, you know, you're not going to sit down. No one's I cannot stand. That's why I enjoy college. I don't want to be preached to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lecture. I hate those tours that you go on and they give you a 30 minute synopsis of what you're about to learn. Like I just, just take me in. I don't want to let hear me it. experience let me, give it. Me, maybe give me the brochure. So I have it written form, but let me experience it. So with us, it's more like if you're going to go on a cultural tour in Dar es Salaam, for example, you're going to ride around the car and you're going to see, feel, hear, experience it while the guide is talking. So you walk away having learned something, but you were having fun, you know, seeing the fish market or you were having fun dancing at the you know village yeah. as part of it. And, and you're like, are oh. so surprised how few museums that I actually incorporate yes. into my tours. <laughs> yes. But I say, you don't if you're going on with me, you don't need to go to a museum. If you want to go to a museum, you don't need me. Yes. You love museums. Totally great. And there's free time that you can go to a museum if you want to during most of my tours. But. My thing is, let's let's get out there where it's really happening, where it really came from or whatever. Yes. You know, let's take a cooking oh, class. Let's visit the people. Let's tour their houses because those yes. things, I think you're going to remember so much more than whatever they 
the recreation of the museum or or whatever it is that you saw there. I feel like when you you are surrounded in it and immersed in that experience, you're going to go home and it's going to make an impression. And, you know, that whole thing about travel making you a storyteller. Well, I think you want something that touches your soul. When yes. I travel, I don't want to just go some places. I really want to be immersed in the culture. I want to feel like when I left that I left part of my heart there. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. A longing to go back. A longing mm-hmm. to go back. And with your unique knowledge, Ebony, and with your family's history, you see them as Americans and say, hey, come over here. Let me show you something a little bit different. And I've enjoyed watching you two collaborate Yes, it's, it's, it's been really fun. Yes. And I think one point that makes us unique in how we think is something that Leah mentioned just a little bit was about us being mothers that travel with kids. One thing I think that you'll really pick up when you have kids, small children with you and you're traveling, they learn through experiencing. Another thing that you'll notice when you travel internationally and you go around other cultures and other people, the true culture is in the language, it's in the food, and it's in the environment. If you really want to understand someone's culture, who they are, where they come from, like my husband, for example, I met him here in the U.S. When he took me home, I really got a deep, deep understanding for like just, you know, his mannerisms, the way Mm -hmm. he did certain things because I was in the environment. I was eating the food. I was hearing the noises, the sounds. It was like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, now it kind of and you can't get that in a museum. Like you said, the history is wonderful, but the true experience comes in the people, the, you know, the music. The way that they interact when they're sitting and eating. I mean, there were certain things when I was in Paris, even that just sitting and watching people I picked up that I was like, oh, that's that's unique. Yeah, that's different. You know, you can't get that if you're just sitting in a bus and going to the next location. That's that's one of the questions I always ask whenever we are planning tours is like, well, where do the people who live here eat? (laughs) Correct. What are they doing on Saturday? Like, obviously, they're not going on this tour with a private tour guide driving around the car. So what is it that they're doing? Yes. Show me that. I want to know what they do, with where they eat dinner. You know, what's a typical day look like for them? Because if we're really going to see what it's like, then show me. Let's go find it. That's Let's take, a, take yes. a cooking class. Let's get in someone's kitchen and, and have them show us the way that their grandma made it. Because that's something that you'll definitely remember forever. And that does give you so much insight. I mean, when we do the cooking class in Italy... It's always super interesting because you're hearing about things about why there's not salt in the bread in Tuscany because there was a fight and somebody controlled salt and they said, we don't need your salt. And then they still to this day don't put salt in their bread and things like that that you would think, oh, the bread tastes funny here. But now it's like, no, there's a story behind that. And and now I'm part of that story. And I think those things are so crucial to a good experience. I prefer the bread in Italy to the bread here. Yeah, I think it's I prefer (laughs) most food outside the U.S. than I do here. Most food. And if I I prefer most food in Italy. Yes, most food. And most of my friends, especially if they come from a different culture, I immediately want the grandmother's food. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to have sure. it. Is you your do. grandmother coming to cook? Because uh-huh. that's the food I want. My best friend growing up, yes. her mom her mom was from Peru. And every Christmas, her grandma, her mama Rosa, would come from Peru and spend the month. Mm-hmm. And I would just hang out at their house all December. Yes. You never knew what mama Rosa was cooking, but I was there for it. I was showing yes. up for that food. So. And that's a that's big so connector is the food and the history behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lee and I kind of have a funny personal story. We had them over for dinner to have a traditional Tanzanian meal. And, you know, one thing she mentioned to me afterwards is, is Jameson still remembers that and yeah. how and we ate the traditional way and how to do that. And that's a big part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Being able to experience that will help you connect yourself to the country in an yeah. authentic way versus just going out and eating like a typical American would. When you get outside of these United States, you really kind of get a, a perspective 
But one of the things that is so beautiful about going to other countries and learning and being a part of that experience is I think it humbles you to realize that we are all, we're all humans together. We're all part of a world culture and not just, you know, separated into our groups. I call it life journalism. Yes. That is, I love that. And I also want to say something else. You both have children. They're now going to be citizens of the world and they will be very much teachers to their other friends and to the kids who haven't gotten to experience that. And I'd like to know a little bit more, Ebony, how, how are your children? How do they like traveling? I will say one thing that's been unique about my family is um, I've always considered my children to be, you know, very well behaved children and adjust very well, but they are just uniquely amazing when we travel. They love to travel. They love learning. And I think because they've been doing it since such a very young age, take like the pandemic, for example, about killed them. You know, they were like, when when are we going somewhere again? They were just like, why are we sitting still for so long? They have a great appreciation for other environments, other people, other cultures. Uh, I feel like it's really changed their perspective and outlook. And they don't box people in necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like you can only do it one way because they automatically know, well, when we were in, you know, Zanzibar, when we were in South Africa, they do it this way. The things that the kids who travel notice is super interesting. Yes. Because you don't have to point it out to them. Correct. Those same things that Ebony was talking about, that adults can sit in a restaurant and notice Huh, that's interesting. I've never seen someone do this that way before. Yes. You might think that your kids don't notice it, but kids take in so much, we all know. They are great and observers. It'll be, yes. it'll be three or four months later, and when Jameson will say, hey, remember when we were in Italy? Why Why do they do that? You know, yes. and they, they, they just pay attention, and it's so interesting because I think it makes people more empathetic. I think it yes. is for adults and children. You're more empathetic. It's really important to be exposed to people who do things differently for you and for different reasons. Because it makes you have such a wider ability to understand mm-hmm. and to empathize with people who are who are different than you. And I think that's something yeah. that's wrong with the world today is people not understanding that it's okay if they do it differently. And than not you. to immediately judge. Yeah. Like yes. I think as my kids have gotten older, because my children are now 13, 11, and 8. So I have a teenager now, and he's been traveling since he was one. Seeing it through his eyes and how his thought process has changed over the years has been very interesting because when he was younger, like Leah said, it was a lot of questions. You know, why did they do this? And why is this happening? And, you know, what happened to this? And why is there no toilet seat? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to squat? What do you mean they don't have air conditioning? Like, where, <laughs> where did it go? Could they can't build it? Where's the garage? You know, mm-hmm. he's always lived. We live a suburban lifestyle. Right. When he was young, he was very confused by apartments. He didn't understand those. He was didn't understand um, why didn't have garages. Now that he's older, He's like, oh, well, that's they live differently, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he also sees children that are very happy with a lot less when we travel. So to him, things just aren't a big deal. Now, don't get me wrong. He likes his video games, and stuff, but (laughs) he also realizes there are children that are happy without all of that. So his perspective has really changed when he does meet friends here because he has friends here that have less than he has. And to him, it's like, well, you know, that's just that's how they live. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a difference. And we've always really, really my main saying with my family is different does not mean bad. It just means different. And I see him now really incorporating that in his thought process when it comes to other cultures, other people. Well, his first thing is just, oh, well, where are you from? And he just assumes, okay, well, you know, where you're from, then that's how you do it. And that's great. And where I'm from, this is how we do it. And he likes learning and sharing 
is another really big thing with him. It's like, well, how do you do it at your house? Let me tell you how we do it at my house. Now, my youngest, of course, is still in that question phase. Yeah. You know, why is this and what's going here? Why are there 10 people in one house and there is the yeah. grandmother and the cousin? And But they also, when we go home to Tanzania, that is their norm. There are, there are 10 people in the house. Right. <laughs> so they started to realize, okay, this makes sense. This is, is more communal. Our American lifestyle is not communal at all. So when they're in Tanzania, it's very, very communal. I've been really enjoying watching more so my oldest and seeing the transition and stages and things that he's starting to consider. We're having a discussion right now about boarding school, mm-hmm. which I'm completely freaked out about yeah. because I'm just very much an American mom. He's just kind of like, you know, OK, let's I would like to get more information. And I try very, very hard not to react <laughs> because I'm like, what do you mean? You want more information? Are you crazy? <laughs> you know, so, But I'm trying very hard because I have to remind myself he's being raised, even though I started traveling at 15 and I always considered myself a worldly person, my childhood was very different than his. I try to remind myself not to react to when he wants to do things that are more what I would say, I guess like a global mm-hmm. type of, pers- you know, he's got a more independence personality. Yes. Like. And like boarding school. I'm just like, oh. you know, as American mom, like, are you, what do you mean? Yes. <laughs> do they all have background checks? What's right, going on here? Right. Am I going to get like, you know, but yeah. he's where he's going to be going to school. That is very, very normal. His father, my husband went to boarding school. And he went very far away. That was very normal for them. So that's not normal for me. Yeah. And that's one thing I can say that's different in just how I parent their perspective and thought process that is definitely different than what I was at his age. I was a travel kid because both my parents worked for airlines. And so oh. we traveled all the time and I was very much used to that. But my friends, some of them are still very pensive about getting out and having experiences. Yes. And that's what you two are doing. So I know that you're doing Africa, but Ebony, I'd love to know what else you have planned for this next year for your travel. It's interesting that you asked me that. I have, we're in a huge transition, both professionally and personally. I am moving in two weeks permanently to Tanzania. (gasps) No way. (laughs) So that has been a huge undertaking, but it's just been exhilarating. I'm so excited. Once my company really started growing, I realized, okay, I really need to be there physically to take it to the next level. Also, we always wanted our children to experience their father's culture, like hands on, like be immersed in the culture, which is almost impossible to do in America. I started putting some testers out there for my company, um, Leah being one of them, just to see, OK, am I am I going to make this work? Is, you know, am I going to take this leap? Is this going to be is this going to be OK? All the feedback was just so, so positive that I was just like, OK, it's now or never that we, we got to go. I will say this. And I think Leah knows one thing that I'm excited about. We will be so close to other countries like Europe yeah. and Asia. It's going to be so much easier to fly there and experience yeah. from Africa than it will be from the U.S. Yes. So that part alone, my husband did remind me recently. And of course, I forgot. We've been married. Let me see. 15 years. I have to count. my. <laughs> We've been married 15 years. But he reminded me when we first met before we were even married. He said that I said my dream was to one day live in another country. I don't recall saying this, <laughs> um, but it definitely sounds like something I would have said. So we're taking a leap of faith. I'm putting everything I have into my company. We just feel like we're at the prime of our lives to really take that risk and and do it. So I'm sad that you're moving farther away, but I'm super excited for what it's going to allow us to do together. Yeah, I was going to say it makes me sad. I'm not going to see you, but then I'll see you next year yes, in Africa. Absolutely. Because I will be on that tour. Yeah, we'll have yes. Marla in tow for that adventure for 
for We're sure. We're going to videotape and do all yes. kinds of fun things. And that's a unique connection. So when Leah lands, I will be there with open arms welcoming yeah, like, her. Oh, my <laughs> friend's hey. there. Yeah, hey, girl, hey. They all know an American's in the airport. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> I don't want things. I want experiences. Yes. Yeah. We are not central. Central is Africa. It is. Africa is two hours from everywhere. You it know? is. It's just like, it, you know, you go to Europe and Prague is the, the center mm-hmm. of Europe. You can go anywhere for two hours once you're in Prague. But the tales that you will have to tell, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing those. I think that something really cool that Ebony and I have, too, besides obviously loving travel, is that we are huge supporters of entrepreneurs. Yes. And women entrepreneurs. Yes. yes. And I'm all about it. You can ask You can ask my husband. He's always like, are we just eating here because you have like an affinity for entrepreneurs? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes. we totally are. We're totally... We're totally hiring the hibachi guy to come to our house again for no reason because I love that he just took the reins during COVID and started a hibachi at your house business. You know, I will do it. One thing that I wanted to do with Ebony that I'm really excited about that I told her I have to be the first person. Somebody can do it after me, but nobody can do it before me. One of the things they wanted to do was support Tanzanian hospitality business, which is great. They said we want to make them better, make them be able to do better and and more. And Mm -hmm. so... They wrote a training program for their employees to be better at serving Americans in hospitality, which is really cool. But then some of the other hospitality companies heard about it and said, can we pay you for our employees to go to your training? Yes. And they were like, oh, I guess so. We already wrote it. So why not? And so I told her, I said, OK, when we do our tour together, I want one woman to go to the training from every client of mine that goes goes on our tours. Yes. And so every single person that signs up to go either under my code of Flip Flops and Adventures, if they do an individual safari with First Class Africa, or they sign up to go on my curated small group tours, will be sending one woman to go so that she can help support her family and and be in business. So I we are super excited about doing yes, that together, too. I will do everything I can to foster that. As a woman, small business owner myself, yeah. I love that. We, we really just need everyone it. to go on, go to Africa with yes. us. That's I, all you have to do. Yes, well, <laughs> that's all you have to do. <laughs> you know how I feel about this. And when people go to Africa, I think they're like, oh, I'm going to go on safari. Yes. But there's so much more that you're going to show them. Yes. So much more exciting, immersive learning about food and culture. And yes, there will be some safari time. Absolutely. Yes. Everybody has safari. to see that. But I think that taking it to a new level will open up everyone's eyes. And I also think it's a very unique opportunity because there's not a lot of people out there doing what you're doing, Ebony. Yes. That's one of the things when we are planning my itinerary is that we are trying to make sure we got a lot of really wide variety of experiences. We didn't Mm -hmm. want to just go show what somebody might already expect. So I'm definitely staying in a luxury safari tent, but Mm -hmm. I'm also staying in this really unique hut in the Serengeti. And I'm also staying on the beach in Zanzibar in a luxury hotel. See, that sounds amazing. Oh, it's amazing. So there's things that people might not expect to see that we're really excited to show them and say it's not just roughing it and looking at zebras and lions, which of course is amazing. Yes. (laughs) But there was an option to go to a school where the Maasai go to school. But I said, no, I'd rather go to the village. So we're going to an actual Maasai village where the real Maasai live, yes. not the fake one. Yes. <laughs> and things like that. And so we want to make sure that we show Not so the beach Maasai. Not no, the, not the beach Maasai. Yeah, the ones on the island that they took an airplane to get there probably. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we're going to, we're really trying to, to show a really wide variety of experiences so that you can see that there's 
so much to do, and we're only visiting three or four destinations. Yes, we have plenty up our sleeve. Yeah, it's plenty. It's packed, packed. but we have plenty up our sleeves after this one of more really cool experiences that you can have on the continent of Africa. Anybody can plan a trip. Yes, yes. Not everybody can plan an experience. You make it look easy. It is not easy. (laughs) No, it's not. not. (laughs) It is anything but easy. Ladies, we could sit here and talk all day. You have so many interesting and wonderful things to talk about. And again, we're so glad to have you guys join us today. Ebony, thank Thank you for joining us. And please talk to us from Africa and let us know what's going on. And I look forward to seeing you in person whenever I get there. Yes, I'm always looking for a reason to come back. So please invite me. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, ladies, for joining us. It's been a great show. And we'll talk to you next time. Happy adventuring. Thanks for being part of the Flip Flop Experience. Make sure to subscribe and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Flip Flops and Adventures. Stay tuned for a preview of our next episode. You're going to eat on shore a couple times maybe or go out exploring and you might need a few outfits. And a lot of those times the outfits get sworn for an hour or two while you eat. So it's really not dirty. You can totally wear it to go to dinner again. So if I pack a few swimsuits and a few sundresses and shorts and t-shirts and some flip-flops, that's literally all that you need. So you really have to think about what you're going to be doing do you need hiking shoes? Probably not. Are you? Sometimes you think you're going to do things that you're going to do on vacation that you're really not going to do. So you also need to think about, I mean, I could go hiking, but am I going to go hiking? And if you're on a lazy trip, you're probably not. <laughs> <laughs>